Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. I'm Vince Leo. I'm the film critic for Quipster.net. You can find over almost 3,700 of my film reviews, almost 20 years worth of my written reviews at Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Spectre is the film I'm going to be reviewing today, the 24th James Bond film. Uh, it is an action thriller, as are all of the other ones, and as with all of the... Uh, all of the Bond films since PG-13 was created, it is PG-13 for intense sequences of action and violence, some disturbing images, sensuality, and language. It runs a hefty two hours and 28 minutes, and this is the fourth film for Daniel Craig as James Bond. Leah Sadu is the Bond girl. Um, Ray Fiennes returns as M. Christoph Waltz is uh, one of the main nemeses in the film, probably the main nemesis. Uh, ben Wishaw returns as Q, Dave Bautista as one of the henchmen, Mr. Hinks, and Andrew Scott, Naomi Harris, and Monica Bellucci round out some of the supporting players. And uh, Sam Mendes returns for as director for his second Bond film, and the screenplay is by John Logan, Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, and Jez Butterworth. So this being the fourth film of the Daniel Craig era of James Bond and the 24th Bond film overall, Spectre starts out on the congested streets of Mexico City, which is in the midst of a bustling Dia de los Muertos parade shot for a good length of time in a very seamless, unbroken take as Bond walks the streets and building rooftops and even fights for a helicopter over teeming crowds of celebrants in order to get his man. This is a scene of symbolism and foreshadowing, the celebration of the dead coming back to life, even briefly here for the Dia de los Muertos. Uh, the Spectre name suggests this even more, I suppose. Uh, this is in no doubt in anticipation of MI6's most famous of enemies from the Sean Connery days, uh, Spectre, and perhaps James Bond's most famous nemesis returning to the series. Um, now, I'm not going to actually divulge um, who this main nemesis is, but if you know your Bond and if you have any clue whatsoever uh, as to what's going on, it's pretty obvious who this villain is. It, this villain's identity will come about as much of a surprise to viewers of uh, James Bond films as uh, Trekkies or Trekkers uh, would be surprised at who Benedict Cumberbatch was playing in Star Trek Into Darkness. It's one of the, the least <laughs> widely held uh, uh, secrets of the film. Um, so it's pretty silly to, to hide it, but I'm going to do it because it's just not in any of the promotional material. So for the one person out there out of a million who, who doesn't know, um, I won't say. So it's unfortunate that the, the main course of uh, Spectre can't match the tasty appetizer of the opening sequence in terms of its stellar design or exhilarating thrills. It does, you know, it, it definitely kicks off the film in exciting fashion. Unfortunately, it's, it's somewhat downhill after that. Now, M, played by Ray Fiennes, is none too thrilled with the events of Bond's Mexican excursion, especially as it makes the proposed merger between MI6 and MI5 uh, much more of a reality, and that threatens to take out the 00 series of spies, uh, the, those, those agents with license to kill in favor of MI5's more, um, I, I, I guess less deadly version of using high tech, high tech surveillance equipment like satellites and drones to do all of its dirty work. 
So that ends up resulting in a grounded 007 getting injected with a substance that allows his whereabouts to be tracked at all times so he doesn't have to he doesn't uh have the ability to easily go rogue again. But of course, being James Bond, he's going to disregard any attempts at uh taking his his license away or uh keep, for them to keep tabs on him. It's just another encumbrance that he's going to overcome. James Bond here is on a mission along with uh, his uh, sidekick, Dr. Madeline Swan, the daughter of a Bond villain who al- allies with him. Uh, she's seeking revenge for her father's death, and that leads to them having to infiltrate a massively powerful underground crime organization known as Spectre, run by the umbral Austrian criminal terrorist Franz Oberhauser, who's played by uh, Christoph Waltz, and who may have had a hand in all of the super spies' most recent foibles in the last uh, three films. As with Skyfall, uh, Spectre is directed by Sam Mendes, and Skyfall was a critically acclaimed. Uh, it earned a billion dollars at the box office worldwide. It, it won a BAFTA for the best film, uh, and so it's highly regarded as one of the best of the James Bond series by many of its fans. Uh, the star here, Daniel Craig, and the director, Mendez, are back. Uh, also, the screen screenwriters are back. The trio of uh, John Logan, Neil, Neil Purvis, and Robert Wade, they wrote Skyfall, so they're back here. So a lot of the, the main uh, uh, players of the uh, previous film that made it so good are here. Uh, there is one notable addition uh, to the screenplay, uh, Jez but- Butterworth, who was brought in to do some rewrites, and he's ma- basically known for finding pieces of humanity and levity within the course of some fairly heavy dramatic thrillers. So lofty expectations will likely result in disappointment for some of the more modernist fans of the James Bond series who liked a lot of the changes that were made by uh, some of the, the Craig efforts in order to kind of bring Bond up to the 21st century. Uh, but Spectre feels very traditional in many respects, kind of a retro film to the classic Bond tropes, uh, very intentionally done. So I think that some of the some of the people that were waiting for James Bond to kind of escape the shackles of its prior entries and become something quite new are going to be somewhat disappointed that it's it's now encumbered by the the more classic Bond themes once again. Uh, although some people who don't like a lot of the changes to uh, the classic Bond style may actually applaud at least an attempt to uh, to circle back and uh, bring in a lot of the things that uh, that they've come to know and love from the from the old Sean Connery days. Now, as with as with uh, Skyfall, Spectre continues to try to end, add to Bond's backstory, his upbringing, his childhood. It ties in the main villain's origin with that of Bond in a very permanent revisionist way that. I think we'll cut both ways for series fans. I'm not a real big fan of tying everything into uh, somebody's origin. It it starts to feel much more like a Marvel film, like a superhero film, and less like James Bond to me. Uh, One of the benefits of of watching a James Bond film is that you weren't really encumbered with a lot of backstory. You could just take it as a a campy lark here and there and just meant for pure entertainment, which was kind of refreshing whenever a Bond film came out. So now it just has this kind of heavy, uh, intertwined story that I, I think tends to paint Bond into into kind of a corner. So it makes future Bond entries um, you have to you have to have a lot of uh, backstory 
uh, and to know origins before you encounter any future Bond film. Uh, now, with this new emphasis on maintaining continuity among the Bond films, uh, and this calls back not only to the prior three films, but also many of the same formula staples that we've come to expect from a bomb, bomb flick are, are reintroduced here. We have the bedding of beautiful women. We have driving of fancy cars. We have the wearing of expensive suits. Uh, much more so here than in the, the prior Craig entries. We also get the use of explosive gadgets and maniacal villains who seem to talk a little too much <laughs> rather than just dispatching their enemies immediately. Sam Mendes and uh, and his screenwriters assert that the way to push Bond forward is to actually circle back to the beginning, is to go backward. And that allows the very familiar uh, to also catch up to the modern era. Those familiar tropes are going to be uh, given a look at which with our 21st century eyes. And that allows us to contrast how the series has changed, as well as the world, since, it, since the, uh, the time of 007's heyday during the Cold War. The opening song by Sam Smith may go down as one of the more forgettable. I, I can't even remember what it's called at the time, even though I just saw the film. Uh, it doesn't have Spectre, I think, as the title. So that's one of the many, many reasons that I, I, I will forget it. But the rest of the film is sumptuously scored by Thomas Newman. Um, there's shadowy cinematography for, by Hoyt van Hoytema, uh, who did Interstellar for uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh, who Nolan was actually one of the one of the directors that was getting a look as far as being attached to the film, but it didn't work out. And Sam Mendes was brought back, and given his success with the previous entry, um, it's certainly understandable why they would go with Mendes again. Uh, Spectre is a lushly dark and luxuriously oppressive take on a 007 adventure. It maintains the formula of what you would expect from a James Bond film, but still looks and feels like its own thing, at least aesthetically. And yet, most of the admiration that uh, viewers can bestow upon Spectre will probably be more more for its surface pleasures, because Mendez and his quartet of screenwriters fail to get us completely on board to what's going on from a story perspective. Spectre's always watchable, of course, but at no point do we feel any sense of palpable danger or dread, which is kind of s- different from... Uh, Casino Royale and also Skyfall. There were moments in there where actually it did, did feel like, uh, you know, what's going to happen for our hero? It seems a, li- a little bit edgier, a little bit willing to go outside of the lines for a bit. Even though in the end we, we always know that it's going to bounce back, this one does feel like it always colors within those lines. And it has violence in the film. That Some of that violence would be shocking if it weren't so determinedly bloodless. And sex scenes here feel more perfunctory than they do feel erotic. We don't really feel that genuine emotion here, even though we get here perhaps the third uh, Bond girl who's able to make Bond uh, rethink his womanizing and go monogamous, perhaps. Um, it just doesn't feel... We don't get that crackle here between the uh, the stars. Uh, and and the, there are life-altering decisions that take place in the film on the part of Bond, but we just get the sense that sense that they're going to be rectified by the time the uh, the 25th bond film comes out or even by the time the credits roll on this one there's no real sense that anything that happens in this film is going to be really permanent other than the introduction of that main villain now problems with specter will be obvious to any who see this film uh most obviously at 2 hours and 28 minutes it's just far too long and and 
you know, other Bond films, uh, especially in the Craig era, have been long, but this one doesn't feel like it needs to be. And that there's really a lack of relative importance to the movie. I, I'm sure that the people who made this film think that uh, bringing back the a, a major villain is going to be worthy of of an epic film, but it just doesn't play out here. It just it reintroduces that that classic, stylishly eccentric villain, but he's barely in the movie until the end. So really, there's no need to really uh, pad this out and. Even with hyping up his mystique and making him a direct foil to James Bond in a way that suggests that they've been adversaries, perhaps from youth, as well as this uh, this real uh, mastermind, this puppet master behind all of Bond's toughest cases, all of that feels like an afterthought. It feels forced and unconvincing. It's trying to kind of uh, uh, reboot or... or, or do uh, a retrofitting of the bond franchise so far to kind of make put catapult him to the, to the top of the bond villains in a way that feels like an afterthought. Like it wasn't really something that they had in mind all along. Now this determination to tie James Bond up with an origin and to try to adopt, even if it's tangential, all of the mythos of the old entries of the pre Craig James bonds, as well as to provide continuity within the rest of the Craig bonds that gives it quite the bit of overhead. I think that most fans of the franchise aren't really accustomed to uh, story and character overhead. You could practically watch any particular James Bond film in the past, whether it's Connery or or uh, Roger Moore or Pierce Brosnan or, or, or some of the others. You can watch those out of order. You can get full enjoyment because as long as you kind of know what James Bond's about... But Spectre assumes that you have intimate knowledge with what's come before, especially with the other Craig films, and that makes it forever a Bond film that you're probably, you shouldn't watch first unless you're really a well-versed Bond aficionado. There are a lot of callbacks not only to the Craig films directly, but also uh, there's there's a ton of homage here to the, especially the Connery Bonds and even On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which was supposed to star Connery, but uh, ended up going to George Lazenby because Connery started to get disinterested in continuing to play James Bond for uh, typecasting or tried to avoid being typecast anyway. Underplotted, overstretched, Spectre may be, especially in comparison to Skyfall. I think that ultimately it's worth watching nevertheless for Bond fans because it delivers the goods yet again that you come to expect. There's amazing and obscenely expensive opening action piece in Mexico City. Now, this film reportedly cost 300 to $350 million, which not only makes it the most expensive Bond film made to date, but one of the most expensive films of all time. And that will surely uh, rank... Uh, that Mexico City scene just looks like there was just millions and millions, maybe tens, maybe even $100 million to go into that scene. Uh, it is a, an amazing scene. Uh, I, I don't know how they pulled it off. Um, it, it, it was just a Herculean effort to really knock your socks off right at the beginning of this film. I think they really succeed. Uh, as for the rest of the film, I think it's also one of the more beautifully shot films. Uh, there are breathtaking moments. There's a lot of sh use of shadows and light, and it, it really creates quite a dancing spectacle. And uh, uh, and there's a lot of uh, destruction of buildings in here that, that seem really uh, realistic and, and, and kind of um, uh, uh, shocking when you actually see how much destruction can be uh, uh, pushed forward here. Now, uh, unfortunately, Roger Deakins' cinematography for Skyfall remains probably the best of the series, so 
even though this the cinematography here is great, uh, I think that Deacon's really set a bar perhaps too high for anyone, even a master like Hoidema, to hurdle. Just like the incorporeal title implies Spectre may not be meaty enough to leave a lasting impression, but I think that it certainly makes for an arresting diversion as it plays before your very eyes. Uh, it definitely is. Uh, it's a flawed film, certainly. Uh, it's not going to rank among the best Bond films. It's going to be kind of a middle-of-the-pack one. But if you're a fan of James Bond, you're going to see this anyway. And I think that there's enough here of interest to... Uh, uh, there are some high highs every once in a while. Like I said, that opening sequence, some of the visual uh, appeal of the film are here. Um, but, you know, outside of those surface pleasures, uh, there's... This, it, it follows Skyfall. It's, it's And it's that's kind of its downfall, <laughs> in a way. Uh, it just it doesn't hold up to Skyfall and Casino Royale in terms of uh, of where you want Bond to go. It's a, I, I would say it's better than Quantum of Solace, but not a lot better. Um, and hopefully they'll rebound with the next Bond film. We'll see if Craig shows up again. There was he he is contracted to play Bond at least one more time, but there was a, there's been a lot of speculation this could be his last. But I can't, I think he's kind of backtracked from that. I think we'll probably see Daniel Craig at least one more time before he bows out. Spectre is going to get three stars from me, three stars on my scale out of four. Uh, and that means that it is recommended for genre enthusiasts. If you're a James Bond fan, it's recommended for you. And if you've watched all of the Daniel Craig films so far and have enjoyed them, uh, certainly I would say that you might as well continue on because this really ties in all of the previous three films in with it. And also, you know, if you love action thrillers, you're going to find plenty to like here. Um, but if you're, if you've been lukewarm on Bond, if you're not really, you're, if you're just a casual fan, maybe you've seen, you only go out to see uh, a Bond film when it's really highly touted. Um, this one probably is not going to be worth the effort. Certainly at two and a half hours, it's a, it's a very long sit for most people who don't have any rooted interest already coming into it to, uh, to expect something out of it. So three stars for Spectre, which means it is recommended uh, with reservations. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you would like to hear more of my reviews, I invite you to click the subscribe button in whatever your podcast player is of choice. Also, if you happen to be on iTunes, if you really want to help me out and help out the show, the best thing that you can do is to leave a review. Uh, if you leave a five-star review, that definitely will uh, greatly help me. I'm not, you know, I don't have advertisement. I'm not getting any money for doing this. So, uh, the, the only thing that I ask out of you, if you're listening to me at this moment is to leave a, a review on iTunes if you can. Also, if you have any uh, comments or suggestions, I invite you to write to me directly. You can find all of my contact information as well as links to my Facebook page and my Twitter feed at my website, quipster.net. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. So until next time, thank you everyone for listening, and I hope that you enjoy your time with the movies.